Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pick and Play Podcast. Today we're joined by Leo, no longer Sauce Castillo, changing his name. He's on the run. You can find him on Twitter at Pick and Scroll. Pick and Scroll on Twitter. Leo, how's it going? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm coming down off my draft high. I feel like I haven't gotten off the couch since Thursday, so, you know, I'm feeling good. We were spoiled. Um, we had sports for four days in a row. Uh Draft Thursday, draft Friday, draft Saturday, Jordan Dock Sunday. I mean, it felt like we were back at it. Uh, and today, you know, we're going to be cutting through some, a little bit of both. We're going to cut through what we think of the NFC's offseason, draft included. And then we're going to jump into the Jordan Dock and talk about episodes three and four. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, let's jump in without further ado. Uh, let's start with the NFC East. Okay, and this... Uh, I think this this division itself might have the most fans out of any division when you combine them all. Uh, they're yeah, just a, probably the most popular. Yeah, most popular. So let's start with that, and we'll go ahead and jump into uh, the least successful of the three over the last, I'd say, 20 years, and that's um, unequivocally the Redskins. Uh, so when we look at the Redskins and the draft they made, I think they had, uh, besides Joe Burrow, the ultimate home run hit in Chase Young, who a lot of people... I think the crazy thing about the draft to me is this. One, everybody loves everything. Every team got exactly what they wanted. And then two, we do things like go, Joe Burrow's the best prospect we've seen at quarterback for a long time, but Chase Young is the most dominant player in the draft. I don't know if you heard any of that. Uh, That kind of talk is so weird to me. Uh, just going, oh, well, you know, we, you know, in the NFL, the quarterback means more than any other position, by far. Right. But, but we want to act like Chase Young is just the better player. I go, well, you know, Joe Burrow had the best college quarterback season of all time. Did Chase Young have the best pass rush season of all time? No. So uh, the things like that about the draft always weird me out. So I like to take the draft and kind of push it all into one chunk and say, what was your offseason? What was your draft? And obviously, we still have offseason left, but the majority of the offseason is behind us, and the draft is upon us. So what did the teams do through the draft, through their offseason, to make them better? And we come to it the— It looks like yeah. the Redskins are focusing a lot on defense. They signed Kendall Fuller. They signed Thomas Davis, Ronald Darby. Uh, they went with Chase Young in the draft. It looks like they're loading up to try and stop all the offenses in the division. Uh, and, and here's the thing. I think that's the smart move when you rebuild is to take care of your defense first. And the reason is defensive players are typically cheaper except for your edge rushers. Uh, get them started and get them on the field because when you bring in your rookie quarterback to take over, you kind of get four years of free money and you're going to need that to right. pay your defense. And then you can kind of make tough cuts after that. Um, but with Chase Young, I really think that this – Redskins defense the front four is going to be I think with Chase Young and Kerrigan as your bookends um, and they've drafted a lot of players for that defense in the recent years yeah Allen and Payne in the middle Allen and Payne in the middle they got some big boys I think this is going to be a top five pass rushing unit in the NFL next year I think total pressures total sacks this team's going to be in the top five in both yeah, they're not going to be able to score any points, but they will be able to defend. No, this is a team, my notes, I say student, still do not have a QB on the roster. I don't like uh, I don't like their depth chart at all. 
Um, this still looks like a 5-6 win team. There's no create. We've never really seen huge amounts of creativity out of a Ron Rivera offense. Cam Newton made some things happen that were very Cam Newton. Uh, but for the Redskins overall, uh, I like the draft. I like what you did. Keep building through defense. Uh, you need to retool a lot of positions on that defense. Keep working it. You look like they're working front to back. Uh, still a 5-6 to six win team. I would guess that the goal for them is just to let Dwayne Haskins stink it up this year. Well, actually, regardless of how Dwayne Haskins does, like you said, this is a five-win team. Um, I would guess that the goal is to just suck and yeah. then go get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields next year. Now you have a good defense and a good young quarterback. I, I hope that's their plan, at least. Yeah, I the Redskins are one of these teams that will get in their own way, so we're going to have to touch and go that. But right now I see a team that will provide uh, – this is going to be a team that provides some good moments defensively, and if they can come into another offensively inept team, I think, I think they can win those games. Uh, sliding over to the Giants, um, we talked about this a little offline. Uh, a rudderless ship. Yeah, they don't have to give it a great analysis. They a, suck. A, rudder, a rudderless ship. They get the tackle they wanted in the draft. They haven't really done anything else. Who's Daniel Jones going to throw the ball to? Uh, you know, Sterling Shepard, I guess. Right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, wow. Um. So you're going to let everyone know that you're going to run the ball with Sakely. Daniel Jones is supposed to be your quarterback again. I don't see how this team gets to six wins. Yeah, no, I, I don't like anything about their roster, and their off-season moves don't suggest that they're interested in getting that much better, so uh, I don't really know what to tell you when it comes to the Giants. Yeah, uh, this is going to be one of those teams that squanders what I think is the golden opportunity of the NFL. I think there are two things you have to do well in the NFL. One is you need to be taking advantage of the compensatory pick system, knowing that everything's 50-50. If you're not getting a couple picks back every year from that compensatory system. You're doing something wrong. And then the second, and, and this that's my secondary thing. The first thing is when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, you need to be competing in his second year. I don't see that. I don't even know if the, the Giants are two years from competing. So you're going to be looking at a case where you maybe build this team up to where you want it to go. They all are coming off of their rookie deals at the same time. And then you end up paying a team that never really achieved anything top dollar to continue to be mediocre. Uh, that's where I see them playing out to at this current trajectory. Yeah, I'm with you. They, they, their defense was terrible last year. I think they were 25th in total defense, and I don't think it got much better in the offseason. They added Leonard Williams, so I guess yep. that's cool, but that's not bringing you up into the top half of the league, so... Yeah, my interest in the Giants is minimal. Uh, the next team, the Cowboys for me, uh, I think, well, weapons, 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 weapons. This team is kicking the door open to the saloon, firing a sawed-off shotgun into the crowd twice, and then pulling out pistols to try to take down the rest. This is not a team <laughs> that's going to come in methodically. I think this is a team that's just going to brute force points on the board, talent across the board. Um, I don't really understand the whole pay Amari Cooper $100 million and then get C.D. Lamb. I guess you didn't you, – I mean, you don't know you're going to get C.D. Lamb. Um, but I, I, I think it underscores a little bit. Now, you have $100 million you could have spent on that defense, which really needs help on the back end now. Um, they did get a lot of great value picks with some young cornerback depth. 
my my biggest thing is I'm I still don't understand why you're paying Zeke, you're paying Amari, and now you have CD Lamb, and who's your quarterback who's not under contract? Right, I'm with you. I don't know. I think when it comes to Dallas getting CD Lamb, they had to have done backflips after that. Oh yeah. Uh, you know Jerry Jones <laughs> did boat flips off you know his yacht. He probably called in immediately. Yeah. Oh, look. He called that pick in. He didn't let anyone call it in for him. He called that in. He said he was going to be calling all the picks in. So, I, I, you know, that's a big boss move, and I, I think he did that. Um, another thing I like about this team is, you know, new, new head coach. This is the team that I'm actually really high on coming into the year. I just believe that after everything I've seen, Jason Garrett was one of the worst head coaches and really squandered a lot of talent. So uh, I do think this team could be a, a quick riser and in a weak, weak division could rack up 12 to 14 wins. I, I think they can go 6-0 and in their division with a competent head coach that knows how to game plan. Um, and when you add these weapons, at least from a raw talent perspective, they should be right up there. They've added some on defense too. They, they signed Gerald McCoy. They yep. signed Dontari Poe. Uh, ha Clinton Diggs to play safety. They made some moves. They, Greg Zerline. They like have. Zerline. Yep. That, look, they've shored up a lot of little positions. Uh, this is a team that's going to need to make a run right now. Uh, the big problem I have is I don't think, you know, Ha Clinton Diggs is okay, but he'll now be on his third team in two years. Uh, that's not always an indication of the, you know, the player himself, but that's just the situation, uh, at, you know, at a glance. Uh, they don't really have corners, so they need some of these young guys to pan out. But my biggest problem is this is why I don't really grade the draft. I, I grade an offseason uh, up to points. is because half of the draft picks we know won't really ever play a meaningful snap. Like that's just half your draft picks are not going to work out. You're going to hear about them for two years and they're going to be gone. So, you know, if you go into a draft and you get four players, let's say four, you know, Two of them might be good. So, you know, uh, when you when you go, hey, I've got no corner depth, but good news, I drafted a bunch of corners. Well, you better pray that they're good. Or we see this a lot. High-tempo offenses run themselves out of gas because they don't have anyone on defense to stop the other team. So, right. we'll, we'll, Unless you're the Chiefs. Unless you're the Chiefs. Look, and, and <sighs> that's – Patrick Mahomes is not in Dallas. No, no, Andy Reid is no. not in Dallas, and that's no, where that's designed. <laughs> so the last team in the NFC East is the Eagles, probably with the weirdest. My initial thought was how weird it was for them to trade up, um, and and add a quarterback of the future. I mean, you're gonna. How do you feel about that? What do you think about Wentz? Actually, tell me what you think about Wentz, and then how you feel about the pick. I love Wentz. I think Wentz is a great win. Healthy Wentz is a top ten quarterback, and I, I have no problem with that. I, every time I watch him play, I think he does great. Uh, I'm just not sure if he's going to end up in the Matt Stafford mold. Wait, you, you say when he's healthy? Yep, he's hurt all the time. Right, and look, so now this makes sense, right? When you go, okay, well, we're going to draft a quarterback behind you that's going to learn from you, and it's tough to say that there hasn't been a team. Over the last five years, it has benefited more from having a competent backup. Nick Foles comes and wins NFL MVP. Uh, they move him away to uh, Jacksonville, so you know you get, you get a little bit there. Um, I, I could see a similar situation. Carson Wentz, if he can't stay healthy for the next two years, you're going to have his backup ready right there, ready to go. So I, I totally understand 
where that ends up for me uh, they're much deeper at wide receiver so you know as long as you have a, a competent quarterback at the helm this team's pretty well run I, I think they're going to be uh, that scrappy contender I think they're going to be a wild card weekend loss um, but I, I kind of like the move at quarterback honestly all right, yeah, I agree with everything you just said, so I'm not going to rehash all of that. But can I tell you what I don't like? Yeah. I, I, I don't like all of this Taysom Hill comparison. I, I don't like that because he was an actual college quarterback. Jalen Hurts, he, he did his thing, you know? Like, he wasn't just garbage. We're going to get to Taysom Hill. never been a good quarterback at any level. Well, maybe high school, I don't know, but – Judging by his college stats, he wasn't that great. He, he's nowhere near Jalen Hurts, and I don't like all the, the oh, can you fill that role? Like that, it's almost disrespectful. Uh, it is incredibly disrespectful. Taysom Hill's accomplished nothing so far to his career, and we will get to that. We're, we the Saints are on this list, and and I got some fucking heavy question marks from a front office perspective, uh, and Taysom Hill's going to be leading that charge. Um, okay. Besides that, I you know I, I overall. I think this whole division drafted fairly well. Uh, the Redskins get a bookend uh, defensive edge for the next foreseeable, you know, foreseeable future. The Giants get their left tackle. We'll see how that goes. Um, the Cowboys add surefire heavy set weapons and then a lot of cornerback depth. And the Eagles get a backup for probably the, the team that's needed a backup more than anybody else in the last four years. Uh, who, if he stays healthy and plays well, who knows? Maybe they move Wentz. Like, that's an option. So I, I'm good with really. I don't have anybody in this division where I went. You know, that was fucking putrid. What you just did today. Uh, right, so right. Yeah. I do want to say about the Eagles before we move on to the next division. I liked how they drafted uh, Jalen Rager. I, I don't know about their whole draft, yeah. but I did like their first round pick, and I, I saw some Eagles fans were. Not so happy about the pick because they wanted C.D. Lamb uh, right before the the Cowboys scooped him Took up. But him, I yeah. thought Jalen Rager was a solid pick. They need some speed out of their receivers. Nelson Aguilar has been their speed, yep. but his hands have been questionable. I think that Rager is going to be a solid pickup for them. And then in the middle of the draft, what do they trade for uh, Marquise Goodwin? So they're yep. gonna they yeah, added they Goodwin too. That you know what they did was went out and they said the biggest problem we had was wide receiver. We have drafted wide receivers, we've traded for a vet, and we brought in someone to throw the ball to them if our quarterback's hurt. I have no problem with what happened. Yeah, no, I like the Eagles offseason. So let's go to the NFC West now, flip over from east to the west coast, and let's fire out with the offseason with Arizona. And the first thing that we're going to talk about is Cliff Kingsbury's house. Did you see that fucking thing? Bro, he, he was flexing. That was a flex. Flexing. He knew exactly where he was sending that camera about. Flexing. I want to know, uh, did he set that camera up, see what it looked like on video, and then just immediately start screaming and laughing? Because uh, yeah, I, I would have... Like, he, he's like, okay, get a picture of me on the sofa. What does this look like? He's like, holy <laughs> shit, I'm golden. Uh, hey, all right. If you had to set the over-under on how many DMs he got after the first night of the draft, where would you set it at? All of them. <laughs> I think the entire Arizona area, like, they already deal with droughts, but there are going to be a lot of thirsty people looking for a drink right now. And you know what? He probably did it on purpose. 
yeah. That's not no, a. That was completely on purpose. He's like, oh, there's plenty of room. We can social distance. You know, we can not social distance. It's whatever you want. You know, me casa su casa. His marital situation is, but I'd bet he's single. His marital situation's probably a lot like Taysom Hill's position on the roster: flexible and willing. <laughs> oh, he plays. You know, it, it, it's it's whatever it needs to be today. That that's that's where I think it is. Whatever it needs to be, I like that. That's that's where it is. So Arizona now, uh, they get a hop. They get Hopkins, right? That's the big upgrade. For me, a steal for them. Uh, they really, for me, this is a team that drafted a lot of defensive players. I don't know if it's going to be a hit to those defensive players. I need to see that. Cliff Kingsbury's an offensive guy. Steve Kime really hasn't had great drafts. So this is a team that if you can't fix your offensive line and you can't fix the back end of your defense, again, I don't care how many points you put up. I've never seen a team that... Uh, and even with Mahomes last year, they have a great offensive line. So you got to fix either the back end of your defense or you got to fix your, your line. One of the two's got to give. They did draft the tackle in the third round, Josh Jones from Houston. I, I wasn't. I if you draft the tackle in the third round, to me, he's going to end up being a guard. They're normally too small. Uh, they don't have the athleticism. They can't get to the outsides. They their their hips aren't as fast. Um, really, if you draft the tackle that late, and, and we saw it, teams moved up to get the tackle they wanted. Like, the tackles came off the board quick in the first round. You either get your tackle immediately, or to me, don't expect that guy to come out day one starter. Definitely not at left tackle. Maybe at right tackle. But e- even then, you're going to struggle. Kyler Murray's a smaller guy. Uh, so without the help to keep linemen off him, he's going to have people up in his face. Um, and, and to me, that he got beat up last year. And I, I think that's going to continue. Uh, they, they've put him in a situation where they've given him more weapons to throw to. More weapons put you in a position where you're going to be throwing the ball more. Throwing the ball more doesn't necessarily mean a better product. Your weakness was the fact that Kyler spent a lot of time on the ground. And what did you do to yeah, help that? I believe that Josh Jones is a right tackle prospect. So they're... they're they address the right side of the line with that. And again, when we talk about drafts, this is this is my thing. I go, did you address it? Like you you hope you did, but it's not like signing a free agent right tackle, right? Um, you know, a good right. example. Okay, uh, we're going to talk about Tennessee next week, but you let Conklin go. You get your guy in replace of him, but you know what you had in Conklin. When you lose that right. position, you hope the person fills in that role. You just hope. But, you know, if they don't, you go, oh, well, well that fuck, that sucks. Like, that's, you know, and also when I find that you fill your positions with draft needs, you probably don't have anyone behind them. So you're, you're dealing with a one issue to a lineman, and now you're in deeper shit. So uh, with the Arizona, love what they did with Hopkins, love the weapons they're going to give Kyler. Right, but protect them, please. It's like the exact opposite approach the Giants are taking. The Giants went running back and linemen the first couple years with Daniel Jones. And Arizona is going wide receivers uh, and some linebacker depth. So that that's kind of my thought with Zona. I hope that they can keep him upright. Like you said, I you know I need to see it to believe it sort of with them. Um, the, the prospect that they got in the first round, Isaiah Simmons, he looks like he's good, but he also looks like the type of player where you need a good defensive coordinator or a good defensive coach for him to be good. Yep. So let's see. 
Yeah. And let's wait and see. And that's my happens. other thing. You drafted a middle linebacker. I think that, right, they need some defense. I think that's fine, but that's not going to take care of your passing down situations where you can't really cover anybody, and it's not going to protect Kyler Murray. And I think that it was a great pick considering he fell to them. It was like one of those best player availables. But did you, did you get better drafting a middle linebacker? Was that a position of need for the Cardinals? My answer is position need, yes. Help them get better, no. So... Uh, let's slide over to um, San Francisco, the reigning NFC champs. Um, my notes, here's how I start my notes. My first word is fuck. Uh, they, go from, <laughs> they go from Joe Stanley to Trent Williams, so they instantly update, upgrade their, their line. Stanley, wonderful tackle. Proud, could be a, could be a Hall of Famer. Trent Williams for free. Free, okay. For free. La- Laramie Tunsil went for two firsts. And cost $22 million a year. Trent they traded this man, Trent Williams, for a bag of Skittles. Yeah, I heard that uh, my favorite thing was he was traded for a bag of wet hair. And that's, that's I was like, basically nothing. A third this year, a fifth next year. Um, that's my only, the Redskins, people go, oh, well, you know, that was, uh, uh, that was a uh, old regime got them in that situation. I go, I don't give a fuck. Your new regime did nothing to get a good pick for him. I mean, Tunsil went for two firsts, and and people went, oh, he was on his rookie deal. Okay, he cost, he's not on his rookie deal anymore, everybody. One year later, he's no longer on his rookie deal, and he's making $22 million a year. So, don't you can't compare that anymore. Trent Williams is a seven-time Pro Bowler and an All-Pro. Laramie Tunsil's been to one Pro Bowl, okay? One. One. And you paid two firsts for him. San Francisco yeah. fucking upgrades younger tackle fresh he hasn't been hurt in two years he hasn't been playing in two years basically um they add speed to their wide receiver corpse they are going to be fast as shit they replace um they replace they added a top defensive lineman top defensive lineman uh, kinlaw from south carolina and and do i think kinlaw is going to come in and be as good as uh darn now I'm, i'm blanking on him who they traded to uh indianapolis um the defensive tackle, Buckner. Buckner yep. Is it going to be as good as Buckner? No. That, that's that's unequivocal. He will not be as good as Buckner was last year. Can he still be good? Yes. So when you go, okay, we dump that salary to pick up a all-pro left tackle, and then we're going to add a bunch of wide receiver uh, speed. At a minimum, they have speed. That's one thing you can't take away is speed. Um, and then yeah, this kid they drafted in the first round at twenty five with their second first round pick, yeah. uh, Brandon Ayuk. He looks Ayuk. like you know he looks like he's got some wheels for sure. So you know this is a scary team that took zero steps back. Right, that's uh, a couple steps forward. I mean they might have taken a loss with Buckner, but if Kinlaw can give them half the production, then having Trent Williams is going to offset any any hurt. I think. Yeah. Uh, no, this is uh, fuck. That's what I thought. I was like, man, that just—I don't really like seeing a team instantly look, feel, and and seem better. But but there we are. Um, Rich got richer. Rich got sure. richer. I think that's a theme in this draft. Uh, the next team up is the Rams. Um, so here's the thing: uh, I was big on the Rams not making the playoffs last year. I nailed that. Uh, no day one picks. And their first pick of round two is they go after a running back. You know, you got a lot of holes on this team. 
And and when you go that, I don't know if he's best available for you. When you draft the running back, your girly replacement, maybe your offense revolves around that running back, and that's why you think it's so needed. But I think your line needs to be rebuilt. The defense needs a pretty decent overhaul as well. And you're, I don't think your quarterback's going to cut it. This is really a team that I think stuck out in the middle of the ocean. Uh, they got no engine. They're just going to get bombed from shore. Yeah, that Super Bowl that they played against the Patriots where they could only muster up a field goal, I think that that was their ceiling. Yep, and and since then it's been downhill. Uh, and golf is not the answer, never was the answer, never will be the answer. As soon as they figure that out, then they'll be on the right path. I completely agree. Uh, moving to another team that I just can't figure out what the fuck they're doing, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, last team in that division. Uh, you know, they're the reason that Patrick... Queen falls to the Ravens. Uh, they take a run-stuffing uh, linebacker who is not good in coverage. I, I Not much help here for Russell Wilson in one of the deepest wide receiver drafts. I just don't know what the I don't know what the direction Seattle's going in. You have strengths. Every time I turn around, you're doing something that isn't one of your strengths. Uh, in a division that's really not going to worry about running the ball. I, I mean, who are the running backs for San Francisco? No one really cares. The Rams, I mean, they maybe just drafted a guy. And Arizona's got like six running backs. So, and you draft the best run-stuffing, uh, you know, middle linebacker. You don't uh, worry about you have to worry about San Francisco's run game. Yeah, but you, you worry about San Francisco's run game really based on their zone schemes. Right, it's not so much that you're gonna have to step up and make it. It, it. You know, the linebacker they got is someone who you would get to stop Derrick Henry. Right. Okay. You know, I'm gonna hit Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech. I'm gonna hit a hammer with a hammer. Uh, but San Francisco's run game is very unique because it's based on a zone blocking scheme. If they had a great running back, it would be ridiculous. They don't. They're not worried about it because they still get high production. Um, so. Uh, I just can't figure out what Seahawks are trying to do. Again, um, I think that first-round pick, you could have traded back and gotten him. Uh, when I can't figure out what the front office is doing, and I don't see how you upgraded your team over the year prior, that that's when I start to question. You, you know, you're going to lose Clowney, and that, that's still being rumored out there. Who knows until the ink's dry. Uh, but what did you do they to make yourself better? Olson, an old Greg Olson coming off of like another broken foot right so i just again what did you do to help your team did you get a year older it looks like you got a year older i don't know if that helps you yeah i don't know with seattle they need to throw the ball more it doesn't look like they're gonna change anything at least not while Pete carroll's still there so uh, i don't know i guess it'll be much of the same in Seattle next season, it's going to be Russell Wilson trying to pull wins out of his ass in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and that's fine. I love watching that. I also love knowing that he they can't be really a contender. Uh, so let's slide over to the NFC North. Um, four teams here. We'll start with the Bears. Uh, my one-line note for the Bears draft. None of this matters until Trubisky is no longer the quarterback. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that that sums that up. I mean, they did add Nick Foles. If Nick Foles can stay healthy, if Nick Foles stays healthy, I assume he wins the job. If Nick Foles wins the job, then I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll talk. Uh, for me, this team is a good team. Uh, this is a, I would say, this is a middle-of-the-pack team with Trubisky trending downwards. With Nick Foles, they're a good team. 
but that's their ceiling for me. So, right. You know, I, I don't know too much about the guy they drafted, uh, the the tight end that they drafted. He was the first tight end drafted, uh, yeah. Cole Komet. I don't yeah. know too much about him, but it looks like they're trying to give the passing game a little more. So that's probably good. That's probably good. I just think this is a team that missed its window and is now trying to cling to it, and that history just says that's that's not going to work for you. Um, I don't even remember their window. Uh, right, yeah. It was it was brief. The, <laughs> the double doink shut it down. Um, right. Next team up, another one. Quarterback questions. Matt Stafford. Uh, so as an organization, you trade Slay. Great corner. So you push him out. Then you immediately get the best corner in the draft. I get it. Uh, he's not going to be as good as Slay was immediately. You're going to have to give that some time. Uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna matter. Um, they had a, gr- a large amount of draft picks. They picked up, a, in my view, they picked up a lot of deep players um, for a team that really overall lacks depth. But I think the secret here is this is a silent rebuild, and it's just perpetual. Yeah, I, I actually do like their draft. They got Okuda, uh, DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift. Although I thought Carryon Johnson looked all right, so the DeAndre Swift pick confused me a little bit. But I guess better to upgrade if you can than not. Um, they they made a couple good moves. They added Jamie Collins in the off season. Uh, Another it, Patriot. I, I agree with what you're saying. It looks like they're turning over the team quietly. Yep, and that's and and that that pretty much goes okay. Well. I don't really know where you're going to go. Um, now, a team that I think, honestly, this may be my favorite. This team may have had the best draft out of anybody. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings had 15 yes. picks. 15. That's a fucking ton of picks. For a playoff team that won a game in the playoffs, you now add 15 talented youngsters. You replace... Uh, um, Diggs. Diggs with Jefferson from LSU. You replace Diggs with Jefferson. Uh, you, this was supposed to be one of the deepest drafts in a long time, and you put your hand in the cookie jar more than anyone else. I, I think they also got Jeff Gladney, the quarterback or the cornerback rather, that I was asking for on the last pod that we did. They got uh, them both in the first round. Winners. I think that this is the winner of the draft. Uh, you replaced your needs. You add a bunch of depth, uh, and for a, for a year where they're the you know off season OTAs and things like that, it's going to be hard to sign free agents because you're just not not free agents, but like uh, rookies, you know, undrafted free agents. It's going to be tough, and they basically said we're not going to worry about signing undrafted free agents. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to go get everybody that I value right now and put them put them in my put them in the uniform and get them on there. I think yeah, the Vikings killed it. I think they, I, in in real time, I'm watching the draft, realizing what they're doing, yeah. thinking, "Wow, smart move, smart team," and they execute. You can. There's an eye test, even for NFL drafts. If it looks like a team's kicking ass, they're probably kicking ass, and the Vikings kicked ass. Uh, their counterparts, however. I the Packers are we finally getting whew. the Packers? I've been waiting to talk about the Packers. We're here, so yes. go ahead. I tell you that when they were on the clock, um, I was watching the draft with a buddy of mine, and and I tell him right as the pick is coming in, I tell him, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at Jordan Love. That would be a Packers move, and that's exactly what they did. And I Jesus. thought that was amazing. Yeah, a great call because so let let's just walk down the optics. This is a team that played in 
the NFC Championship. They went 13-3. and They have a Hall of Fame quarterback who he's mentally looked like he's checked out, uh, but physically looks fine, can still make all the crazy throws. And what you do, okay, is give up picks to trade up to get him, to get uh, Jordan Love, who's not going to be ready for a year or two. So that's fine, right? Packers have a history of this. They did it with Favre, you know, with Rodgers. Um, and, and then you turn around, and this is where I go, okay, well, now I have no faith in you. Why the fuck are you drafting a, another running back with Aaron Jones? Yeah, I didn't really understand that one. So when, when I start, it's one of those things where I go, okay, I question the move for trading up for love. I do. I question it. You're 13-3. Winning a Super Bowl is more important than rebuilding, especially when you go 13-3. and fucking three. Like, what, what do you need? You need a couple uh, more pieces. The running back that they drafted is a bruiser type, A.J. Dillon from Boston College. So maybe that's them saying they don't think Aaron Jones can hold up. Yeah, but there was no sign of that. He had a great year. He looked great. So, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to justify it somehow. I, I don't fucking know. Deepest wide receiver draft we've had in years. How many wide receivers they take? Zero. Okay. Hold on, hold on. I'm looking, I'm looking. Zero. Zero. So, you as a front office, explain to me what you're trying to do to win next year. You know what? Here's the truth. You're not. You're not trying to win next year. If you win, wonderful. But you've already packed it up. You're turning the whole thing over again. The, the, you've already pushed McCarthy out because apparently Aaron Rodgers didn't like him. So your then next moves to turn around and go, you know who else we don't like? Aaron Rodgers. And you go, well, I mean. Let's get Rodgers the fuck out of here. So you're going to trade Rodgers somewhere, which is probably going to be fine in a year from now. Or you keep, I don't know, you're probably trading him, right? You don't draft a guy in the first round and not have him play unless he's Josh Rosen. So... You, yeah, you, no, I, I would guess that the plan is to play him at some point. And, I mean, if Rodgers decides that he wants to play another few years, then I guess you could dangle Jordan Love for a couple picks in the future. Uh, I mean, regardless, from a strategy standpoint, I get it. What's his name? Uh, Rodgers, he's spoken openly about how he's not going to play football forever, and he's getting kind of yeah. old. So why not draft someone? And then they go, hey, look, if that's your future, the running back makes more sense. So that's where I go, you know, just try to piece it together. You know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing a team that's going to change its identity from a passing offense to a running offense behind a dual head, uh, dual threat back. One that can catch and is quick and looks very athletic and, and uh, Aaron Jones. And another one they draft this year is going to be a bruiser. So uh, this is a team that if you could trade and let's go now with where do you want Rodgers to go? He won't make it this year. Let's sure, say he goes next year. What you were just saying actually does make a lot of sense because Matt LaFleur in Tennessee ran that same style. He wanted to run the ball and run it and run it and then run play action yes. and work on play action. So it does make sense. I think that's what they're aiming to do. You know, I want to see Aaron Rodgers go to one of two the teams. <laughs> I don't think Send him to the Bears. I don't think under any circumstance, hell or high water, they would trade him to the Bears. Um, I don't I, I could see him moving into Tampa Bay after Tom Brady moves out. Uh, Tampa would love that. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> Look, Aaron Rodgers would love that because you could surround him with freaks at every position. It's not like Evan's going to go anywhere in two years and Godwin's still going to be there. 
Uh, you know, you'll lose Gronk. That's fine. He's going to be a red zone target anyway. So I really want him to go. I think the Bucks could make a four-year run at just being a retread place that takes Hall of Fame quarterbacks and tries to cobble together pieces around him. That's definitely what they should do. Yeah. I'll say that. That is what they should do. Especially if they're not going to have a, a real backup plan at quarterback, which it doesn't look like they're too worried about. Nope. Uh, <laughs> no, because it's, uh, you know, there's a... Uh, I'll jump ahead of this a little bit. There is a theme going around right now that people believe the evolution of the quarterback position uh, is a two-quarterback position, right? Um, you have two quarterbacks that can play the position. Uh, this is actually not a new theory in any way, shape, or form. In the 70s and 80s, they were trying this out. Uh, Tom Landry did it in games with uh, Don Meredith and uh, I can't remember. Stahlbach got put into it for a little bit too while he was there. Uh, darn, who was the guy with uh, Meredith? Either way, uh, this is a theory that coaches have been trying to execute for years and have found unsuccessful. Uh, and I, I don't think it works. Whether you put two quarterbacks out there, you know, or one, they're going to execute a play in a certain way. I'd rather have, uh, you know, if you're going to run that, that read option, right? And the idea would be, well, now when, let's say it's Lamar, right? Lamar then pitches it to someone. It's also a quarterback, hi who can now throw the ball downfield to somebody. Uh, the, the, that sounds crazy. It does sound crazy. I think it's a, I think it is kind of crazy because you – you can just fake the run and then throw it anyway. Um, I, you know, that's always been it. You're also going to need two good, two great quarterbacks that have mobility and can throw on the run, and that's just really tough to do. So Now I want to see that offense. I want to see the dual, dual threat. <laughs> dual, dual threat. Right, and I think it's more of a pike dream than execution, but people get caught up in it. Either way. Uh, I'm hearing that chatter that people want to go that route and it's some new idea. It's not a new idea. It's a very old idea um, that people are are dusting off again and giving a run out. So I hope someone uses it other than New Orleans. Uh, well, here's the thing with New Orleans. We're going to get to them. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to it, right? A NFC South time. Let's, let's close the loop. Uh, I, I want to get to the Saints last year because I just have so much to shit on them about. Uh, okay. All right, I'm ready for that. So, Let's start with the Panthers. All defense. They drafted not a single offensive player. Yeah. Uh, I mean, their offense is okay, I think, right now. I don't know the condition of their offensive line, but they just added Bridgewater. Um, they have Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore on the outside, Christian McCaffrey. So what? I could see why they'd go defense. What's the difference between Alex Smith and Bridgewater? Uh, in roles that they play right okay so you don't really have a quarterback let's not you know let's not get fancy um you're still going to run cmc a hundred thousand times you're going to throw to him a lot uh this could he could get three thousand total yards uh the offense will be a little opened up because uh who'd they have last year matt moore who was just terrible um yeah and kyle allen and kyle allen yeah it's kyle allen to us so um you know th th this is a panthers team again you know when you talk about those quiet rebuilds Matt Rule comes from the college game. He probably had better intel and information on these players than anybody else coming directly from the college sport. Uh, I don't think this is a team that's going to win many games. They're definitely going to be more competitive. Uh, this defensive draft, again, I, you know, we were kind of saying earlier that 
you want you want things staggered for when your quarterback of the future shows up. So this is a build the defense now, right? Let's get that built, and then once that's built, we'll find our quarterback. Uh, I believe. Right, that, I agree. I believe yeah, this. And they're not going to go anywhere this year. I think you know grooming the defense for the future is probably a good idea. But, I mean, you're also in a division with Tom Brady and Drew Brees, so you're going to want to have a little defense. And and Matt Ryan. I mean, you know, the thing is, Matt Ryan has an MVP, Drew Brees doesn't. That's a funny little tidbit. But, uh, you know, you've got Matt Ryan. I didn't like that sentence. (laughs) I didn't like that when you said that. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so that's a thing. Um, and then you've got, you know, you got Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, and Teddy Bridgewater. You've got the fourth best quarterback in a division, and everyone else has weapons in that division too. It's not like you sitting on CMC is is like, oh well, you know, now we've got the best weapon in the division. Also, your offense is worse than every other offense in that division by a good margin, by a good margin, and your defense is not very good either. Uh, you're gonna retool that, but they're all gonna be rookies now, and. And, and it's rare for, you know, oh, what are you going to have three pro bowlers on the defense? I just don't know. So, uh, no, I think this is another team that you could see drafting Justin Fields or yes. um, or Trevor Lawrence in the next draft. And at that point, now they're cooking. Competitive but losing is how the Panthers will go. And sometimes they're not going to be competitive. Sometimes it's just going to get beat like a dog. Um, so... Uh, Panthers, I like what you did on defense. I like your rebuild, uh, but you're going to be a couple years away because they're going to rebuild this thing correctly. Uh, moving to the next team that I, I just don't understand what I'm ever looking at with Atlanta. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I basically chum it, boil it down to this. I didn't see him as a contender coming into the offseason. Tell me what you've done to uh, get yourself to be a contender. Uh, you didn't have a whole lot of picks, so you didn't get to stockpile a much-needed depth. Again, I'm just not sure. You know, you, they traded for Hayden Hurst, so they lost a second-round pick, lost a fifth. Uh, they did sign uh, Dante Fowler. Uh, we'll see if he can produce like he did in, in uh, on the Rams. Um, but they added Todd Gurley as well. Uh, wow. Uh, you know, one gumball machine or one Todd Gurley, what's going to get more use? Uh uh, it's not going to be Todd Gurley, uh, someone who a team tied their entire franchise to, and then as soon as they could, untied him um, and took a huge capital hit for it. Uh, I just don't see where Atlanta got better in the offseason, um, and, and I'm, I'm going to keep going. I think that regime needs a change, but they're going to cling to the lead they had in the third quarter, and it's going to end much the same. Honestly, I thought Dan Quinn was out of there after the last season. I was surprised that he's still there. And and I'm going to go, what part of Dan Quinn makes me think that's going to be a good team? I, You know, Matt, we've seen Matt. So Kyle Shanahan now has taken the Falcons to the Super Bowl. He was the architect behind the Redskins turnaround with RG3. He goes to Atlanta. He takes Matt Ryan into an MVP year. They go to the Super Bowl. They have the worst blown lead ever. Then he goes to San Francisco and immediately turns around and heads back to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think I have a theme here. I don't really know if it was Quinn. I really believe it was Kyle Shanahan. Right, right. I'm with you. So, And Dan Quinn's supposed to be a defensive coach, but Atlanta's defense has been pretty ass since he's been there. So yeah, I, I don't really know why he still has his job. But because it turns out when you, him, when you draft four Hall of Famers on your defense like they did in Seattle for him, sometimes the defense just takes care of itself. 
So yeah, the Legion of Boom, I'm sure, was nice to have. Yeah, it really helps, you know, when when you're like, oh, well, the good thing is I've got an all pro at every level here, uh, you know. So, that, that, and then, oh, I've got Russell Wilson to bail out the rest of it. So, you know, uh, next team moving through the Bucks, uh, they put all their picks into this off season. Um, this is a much improved pick. Uh, they still had seven draft picks. Uh, they got their player tackle who they wanted. Um, I like their draft. I like their draft too. So you add Brady, you add Gronk. Um, you're going to need to get rid of some of your tight ends because there's just no need for all of them. You're going to try to pick something up. Uh, and then you add uh, you know, your tackle and you get seven picks in a deep draft. What's not to like? No, I, I liked it all. I like that they got that offensive tackle in on the 13th pick. Um, I was a little confused why they traded up one spot to get him, but hey, I guess if you need your guy, you go get your guy. You, they you got won't. a playmaker in the backfield, a potential playmaker, and they got a potential running back. So they did what they needed to do in the draft. They added Tom Brady. They added Rob Gronkowski. I mean, for the Bucks, what's not to like, honestly? Right. The only reason why you do trade up like that is because the team above you has let you know that someone's got to trade in for that pick. And your information tells you that it's the guy you really want and have to have. So... The team above you calls in, says, if you sweeten the deal, I'll give you the pick. And I think it was the 49ers were ahead of them. Um, yeah. So the 49ers go, hey, someone's, someone's you know, hitting us up. Uh, what, you know, you want to do the same trade, only, you know, you you, you maybe have a little better well, I, standing I in future picks. I think it was picks. pick that came from the 49ers. 49ers, yes, yes, know, yeah, something. that's it. So they go, hey, you know, you want to move up one spot? Uh, you give us your picks, swap a couple things around. And they, Tampa Bay goes, yep, done. They move up one pick. That you know, that that's your value. Um, so overall, Bucks right in line. I'm interested to see how they turn out. I really want to see how Brady does in that hot sun all summer. And then uh, he already was yeah, down there. Hot down Look, it gets hot. Did you? And and here's the thing. You know, full thing is uh, the Patriots have performed pretty poorly in Miami a couple times. So I'm interested to see what that does to Tom Brady, who's used to the cold. How does he handle 110 and humid? So we'll see. Oh, man. Good luck to Brady because huh. I don't even like going to Bucks games that much because I'll sweat through my shirt just sitting in the stadium. It, it gets too hot. Too there. hot. Too hot. There needs to be a cover on that. Yep. Uh, so let's move to the team that uh, uh, really just moving down my overall big board. Uh Arrow down with an anchor tied to it. I can't figure out what the Saints are doing. Um, I'm Damn, with an anchor. I, I'm not really sure uh, what this team was. How many trade? How many picks do they have? Four in this draft. Um, the Saints had yeah four picks. So deepest draft again. Like so, this is what my thought goes in. I, I follow the management, the leadership, the direction that teams are moving into that's what i look at right what, what is your vil your your what is your outcome what are you trying to get to so with the saints they did this they said you know what we're gonna do we're gonna just reload the gun entirely and go back at it that's all they've done they haven't really added anybody um they get the center they like but i, I don't really know who he's gonna replace or maybe he's works and is more of rotational uh, he's not a tackle so this is going to be a center of the of the line which is big because breeze always has to have the middle of his line plugged up 
So you basically have told everyone that even though you fell pretty short last year and Drew Brees tinkered with retirement and is getting older, you're not going to fix anything. In fact, you're going to just fire it back in there. And I hate that. I got to tell you, I the NFL standing still in the NFL is moving back. Always has been, always will be. And that's this cardinal sin they're committing. We're just going to get better. Okay, what party is going to get better? Is Kamara going to get better? I don't see how Kamara could get any better. Is Michael Thomas going to get better? No, I think when it comes to the Saints, I, what you're saying isn't wrong, but at the same time, I could still easily see them walking out of next season with 12 wins. I, and, and maybe a first-round buy. Like, I could still see it. The team isn't that different. No, they're not that different, and that's my problem. Like, the, the Panthers got better. The Panthers are a better team this year, right? Uh, unequivocally. Um, than they were last year. You know, no Kyle Allen. You're, you're going to run Teddy Bridgewater. That's an upgrade. Now, I don't think too highly of Teddy Bridgewater, but it's impossible to say it's not an upgrade. They didn't lose anybody that they had last year, so that team got more competitive. They went all defense, too. Um, Atlanta, that, you sure, know. But there was such a big gap between New Orleans and the rest of the division. Did anyone do anything to close it other than the Bucks? Other than the Bucks. Well, here's the thing. Now, here are the Bucks. So you didn't go anywhere, right? But here come the Bucks. And the Bucks add Tom Brady, and they add Gronk, and then they have a killer draft where they get a lot of good pieces. So you're the Saints. What did you do to get better? Everyone else uh, in your division. They got to bank that Camara uh, comes back healthy this year. Uh, that's their only hope to improve is a better Camara. So that's and that's that's my problem. That is a problem I have. Look, the Ravens were fourteen and two. 15, yeah, 14-2? Yeah, 14-2. I, I don't know. I just remember when you lost. <laughs> Everyone what? loses. Um, only one team gets to win it all. Uh, you know, I look at them and I go, you know, they they upgraded. <laughs> they, they went into the draft. They got pieces they needed. Uh, they filled a lot of spots. They, they went and got Calais Campbell. They had Derek Wolf. They had the right pieces to make themselves better. That was a 14 all right, two. buddy. You save all that for the, for the AFC pod. And here are the Saints. You did nothing to get better. It's just like the Rams. You went into it. You said, that's good enough. Let's run it back. You know what always happens? Drop it back. It's just not going to happen. Then you sign Taysom Hill. To what's equivalent to a one million one year? It's a two year, you know, eighteen million dollar contract, but all the money's due at guaranteed signing. Who is who is trying to pry him from your hands? Bro, I don't know. I think Taysom Hill has some blackmail on Sean Payne or something. He's twenty nine. I don't understand why they gave him twenty one million. Okay, so you know, was he of his thirty seven? 37 rushes last year, five completed passes, and you just paid him 16. This is, you know, it's all going into building one solid narrative. You didn't move forward. You believe you have something in Taysom Hill that's better than anybody else, but then you sign Jameis Winston and make it clear that Jameis Winston's going to be the backup. That moves Taysom Hill to third. So at 29 years old, 30 when the season starts, your only addition is paying more money to the guy that no one else has any interest in signing. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know when it comes to Taysom Hill. I do, however, like the Jameis Winston signing. And I'm not even a big Jameis Winston fan, but I think that 
that is one of those signings where you could look back in a couple years and be like, damn, like they they really did that. Because Jameis Winston, he's getting what a cheap one year deal. Yep. To sit behind Drew, Drew Brees and Sean Payton for a year. Yep. And like, try to get a shot at uh, being a free agent. If he can agent. fix the, you know, what he needs to be fixed, because there's clearly a good quarterback in there. He just got to cut out the turnovers, and I don't know how you do that. But it, Sean Payton gets paid a lot of money to do that. So if he can figure out how to do that, it's a steal. It, it would be a steal, but it's a one-year deal. So at most case, you know, if you want him to back as your starter next year, you're going to have to pay him starter money. Uh, I just, That's true, but you're not going to have to – I don't think you have to break the bank open, not if he doesn't see the field. You know, you might be able to get him on a cheap deal. No, I, look, I agree with you. My problem is when you're a Super Bowl contender and you don't get any better, you get worse. And that's exactly why I see the Saints. Um, and, and that's my biggest – Do you see them missing the playoffs? Um – you know, I'm close to picking that out of spite right now just because I hate everything they did in the offseason. Uh, and, and that's it. Like, I, I'm, when I do, like, evaluations of where I think people are going to miss, I look for traits of a team that didn't move forward. Because the NFL just come – you know, it's not even that some teams upgrade. They just come back with a new style. Like, they come back with a new flair. They're trying something different. And you get caught slipping a couple weeks in the NFL, and you're having to scramble back. Well, the, the Tampa Bay is a bet. The whole division, well, not the whole division, two of the teams in that division got better. And, and there's always surprises in the NFL. I don't think a 40 year old Drew Brees is going to get better. Um, we saw actually, you know, a regression in Kamara. So, what happens if that regression is more, you know, more the theme? And playing with Ingram highlighted so much of Kamara that. You know, it, it, Kamar was able to do the things that he's really good at. But without Ingram, they didn't even fill that void. So, I, yeah, they tried to do it with Latavius Murray, but that didn't. It doesn't uh, that work. Wasn't so great. So, so here you go. What do you? And then you just you have sixteen million in cap space, and you spend it on a guy who touched the ball forty-five times. Hey, you hate Taysom Hill. I've been seeing you tweet about him. You can't stand Taysom Hill. Uh, no, because it doesn't make any sense. It's not that I hate Taysom Hill. I hate the fucking Saints for doing it. Oh, we're going to put a first-round tender on him. That way, if anybody wants him, you're going to have to give us a first-round pick. Bitch, Cam Newton's walking on the street for not a first-round pick, and no one's picking him up. What do you think you're keeping Taysom Hill for? Like, you know, what are you guarding yeah, Taysom Hill for? Realistic on that. They might have been able to get a, a fourth or fifth. In a most in one of the most talented drafts in a while, you had four picks. So I'm just not seeing where the front office is actually making this thing work. That's my problem. So we'll we'll wrap that up. Any parting thoughts on the NFC's draft? No, no, uh, I'm not a a huge NFC guy. So uh, the NFC is fine. I'm really I'm ready to get into it with the AFC. I can't wait to do that part. Yeah, and that'll be coming later in the week. Now let's pivot. Let's do some wrap-up on the MJ doc. I'm assuming you were glued to the TV. Oh, you already know. I didn't get up for two hours. Yeah. No, neither did we. We uh, hung out uh, with a couple friends that live right next to me. We've been hanging out through the quarantine. Um, and Let me ask you, yeah. instead of you asking me, let me switch it up on you. What were your initial thoughts on, on the episodes four, three and four? Three and four, that's what we had last night. Um, so my biggest thoughts are this, uh, <laughs> uh, number one, Jordan fucking 
loads Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons. He can't stand them. Can I mean, we're talking 20, 30 years later, 20 years later. Cannot stand them. Cannot do Jordan deal. looked like he was ready to suit up and play against yes. Isaiah today. So, today. <laughs> yeah, right. I, right. So, that was number one. I can't believe it all this time. Cannot stand him. Um, number two, uh, it's interesting to me that uh, Jordan waited till his third year in the league to start lifting weights. Um, and this actually really, uh, a lot of people that watch the NBA and watch older tapes of the NBA notice that the athletes aren't these huge hulking Goliaths that you see today. They're very lean. Um, and, and I think a big reason for that, and this is me going a, a little deeper, with, I've been doing a lot of reading on older uh, college basketball. It, you know, they used to build everyone for track meets. It wasn't this big, bulky muscle, we're going to muscle everyone. Everything was built like a track meet. You know, you didn't rotate through 12 players, 10 players. You played six, seven guys, max. So uh, people had to be able to run. I mean, even Jordan hinted at it. Remember uh, the first episode, he's talking about the playoff run where he scores at, uh, scores a bunch of his Boston, and he says, I didn't come out. Right. You played the whole game. That's why people weren't built full of muscle. It was, everyone was a track meet. We didn't have the technology. There was no load management. There was none of that. You just, so in practice, and they talked about the, in the drills they run in practice, right? You're just going to run. <laughs> You're just going to run. You know, everyone just get out there and run a lot, you know? And it's like, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> but that was it. There was no weightlifting. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and then the idea, uh, Phil Jackson, who, there, I think some people were stunned that he did acid. Um, I was not stuck. I actually looked at my TV and said, "Yeah, that makes sense." Yeah, how could he? How could he have not? And then uh, he talks. The Zen master. This, oh, I know. The Zen master, the Zen master. Yeah. Oh God, that guy does drugs, psychedelics. How the fuck? How we miss that? Um, <laughs> and him just basically going to Rodman and be like, "You know what? Just go to Vegas." Let me tell you, hey, Dennis Rodman is everyone in America. Yeah. Everyone with a job in America, at least everyone with an office job in America, has walked up to their boss at some point and just been like, hey, man, I'm going on vacation. Like, that's just what it is. <laughs> I, look, I loved it. And I love that he didn't come back on time. I like that they sent Jordan to go get him. That's probably the only person he would have listened to. If Phil would have walked in, he would have looked at him like, man. <laughs> well, I want to know when Phil goes, hey, you got to go to Vegas and get him. And, and honestly, it's Phil knowing his player. It's knowing Jordan and going, you know, J Jordan is going to – the number one love in Jordan's life is basketball. He's going to go get him and bring his ass back. You know, a lot of people are like, man, Jordan had his own gambling problems. Like, aren't you worried about that? Did you not learn anything about who Jordan was? The man wanted to win every fucking game. <laughs> like – Honestly, I thought that, that move – by Phil highlighted his coaching genius. Yes. You know, how many how many people are just going to let their volatile star go to Vegas on a random vacation in the middle of the season? Like, that's you going, all right, I know that if I want to get the most out of this guy later, I got to let him do his thing. So let me let him do his thing. And I, I thought that that was great coaching. Uh, yeah, it's the fucking Zen master. I mean, uh, it was cool that they had fitted footage of him. Where was that? Uh, in the Puerto Rican League? Yeah, yeah, I didn't even know that he coached in a Puerto Rican league. That was insane. He's, like, getting in fights with people. You're like, holy shit. Um, 
And it's also cool that, you know, seeing his old footage of playing, that, that was pretty cool. Um, and then my last real parting thing is I always thought that Dennis Rodman had uh, spray painted his hair like leopard print, but they were 33s. Yeah, I, I did think that that was a leopard print too. Not even looking that closely, I didn't know the story behind that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, okay. Those were my big you know thoughts. What I, what I did like uh, about Phil or one of my bigger takeaways was I know that ESPN, if you turn ESPN on in the last couple of days, they said that this was the going to be the Rodman story and this and that, but I feel like I got more out of Phil than any of that. Um, the fact that Phil Jackson and Tex Winter with the triangle offense, it, they changed the whole game. Phil won 11 championships off the triangle offense. Oh, yeah. He got six with Jordan, uh, three with Kobe and Shaq, and those last two with Kobe, they were still running it with him and Powell. Kerr has talked about how the Warriors, the great Warriors of the last couple of years, they use elements of the triangle in their offense. So my, my big takeaway is Tex Winter is low-key a, a basketball legend. He doesn't get his flowers. People don't know Tex Winter. Yeah. No, he needs to because – and look, I think that was a good highlight because it's the coaches behind the coaches um, – that if you read books on, you can start to pick them up. They they appear, but we don't talk about them. And you know who gives a shit who your assistant is? Right, right. I'm with you. Nobody cares, but Tex Winter is the one that came up with the triangle, and damn, it, it's resulted in a lot of championships across a few eras. Yeah, at least directly responsible for allowing the talent of two franchises in L.A. and Chicago to flourish into uh, hammers uh, where they three-peated, three three-peats between them and then almost another one. So, you know, it's it's tough to say there's uh, ever been um, something, I would say, uh, more schematically swept under the rug than that, Uh, but it's it's pretty big. Yeah, my parting thought on, on the Jordan dog last night is just that the bad boy Pistons went out like some bitches. Yeah. And I, I don't even think of them as bitches, but they went out like some bitches. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that's how they went out after after you went back-to-back. Back, like, you got to have some class, bro. Well, you know, Isaiah tells the story of the Celtics kind of doing it to them. And they went, well, and then they had this persona, right, that, that everyone was, they were the bad boys. They were the fucking bad boys. Uh, the Jordan rules were very simple. Funnel them into the middle or funnel them to the outside. And if he's in the outside, push him out of bounds. And if he funnels them to the middle, he better be on the floor. Uh, you know, so they they kind of went out how they played. Yeah, but I mean, you you've roughed this guy up for a couple years in the playoffs now. Like, I feel like you got to give him his due once he finally beats you. At least I would want my due. I could get why Jordan was still pissed. Like, no, you've been kicking my ass for years. I finally got you. Tell me that I got you. Yep. <laughs> Especially after Jordan, you know, shaking their hands for all those years. Uh you know exactly that's I, what would make me mad if i walked off then uh, obviously i get it yep but <laughs> i got my ass whooped and shook your hand every time like nah i need my handshake yep yeah that was but it, it's crazy i can't think of something in pro modern sports where that happened it happens with coaches at midfield uh yeah, in I nfl like those. those are funny yeah but look i mean this was a whole team got up before the game ended and walked off Seven seconds left, and they're like, peace. <laughs> <laughs> that's some bullshit. That, that is some bullshit. I'm actually excited. We've now gone through uh, Pippen, 
Jerry Krause, Phil, Rodman. We got six episodes left. We're in November in the season, and it, it's. I think it's just going to keep spiraling into some insane thing. Uh, what what what's actually funny is looking at Phil pulling these strings. I think we're going to find more out about Phil in this doc. I, I I do feel like maybe we're past Pippen and Rodman as far as like you know what else can we learn about them. Um, I think this doc is going to turn into a Phil Jordan Krause, uh, just one, probably one of the most toxic things we're going to see in pro sports. Um, in order for two of, you know, Phil to leave, Michael Jordan to hang it up, something dramatic has to happen between now and the rest of this season, and it's all locked and loaded. You know, you just go get Rodman from Vegas, you come back, you're going to have one more run at this. And here it is. So, uh, you know what? I love one random tidbit. Yeah. Before we go, they said, or and I actually looked it up to confirm. This man Dennis Rodman, after his little Vegas vacation, didn't miss another game that season. Yeah, yeah. Look, Phil knew. Okay, Phil knew what he was doing. He said Dennis Rodman had wound himself so tight. He said, "Just go get nuts." I mean, they Michael Jordan busts in. He's got Carmen Electra hiding things. <laughs> Uh, she's like, oh, I was hiding behind a, a sofa. And I'm like, I don't know what you two were doing or how many people were in that room. But it was probably one of the most fucked things anyone's ever walked into. Jordan was like, what the fuck? Get the fuck in the fucking, get the fuck in the car. Get ready. Let's go. Uh, I, I did like Jerry Krause dancing on the plane after they won that first title. Uh, and and there wasn't a ton of. And, and Scotty telling him to go sit his ass down. Yeah. But, but. Even after he says that, you know, he's still, you know, there are people dancing. There's none of that. The animosity hadn't started yet. Right. You know, they're telling him to sit his ass down because look at him. You know, if you see that kind of guy dancing, you just tell him to sit down. He didn't stop dancing, though. Jerry Krause's feeling him. He is on one on that plane. You know, he puts Rodman. And you got to think about it from his perspective. He's got Jordan. He can't get over the top. Right? And Rodman's fucking beating up. Uh, well, no, this time this is the early one. I'm getting it mixed up. But... The, you know, they're right. playing the Pistons. They get past the Pistons. You know, this is a big deal. This is first ring for all of them. They're going nuts on that plane. So, you know, I, I feel it for Jerry. Uh, you can definitely see where this whole thing is spiraling to. I've appreciated. Um, I thought the flashbacks were a little more controlled in this one as we kind of just followed people around instead of events. Uh, yeah, I agree. I like the way that this ep- or these two episodes were presented better. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just used to how they're going to do it. I don't know. But I enjoyed it more this time. Uh, look, I, I'm I'm at the point where I, we're like checking boxes to get to the meat. You're like, oh, the appetite. You know, first our drinks came. That was kind of episode one and two. A little bit of Jordan, a little bit of Pippin. And now, you know, the app came and we're all sharing the app. And that's Robin. Oh, what a crazy guy. You know, and and uh, and Phil, the Zen master, he did acid in the middle of the street. Yeah, you know, on a beach, start roaring like a lion. And you see him and he looks crazy. And they're like, oh, and now, you know, now here's Jordan. Like that's we really haven't gotten into Jordan. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for the next couple episodes. I need to know. There's got to be more to the story, like you were saying. If Jerry Reinsdorf let this happen, I I want to know that something dramatic happened. If this was just Jerry Reinsdorf going, ah, fuck it, then <laughs> then I hate Jerry Reinsdorf. I guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that's it's it's something that I look at in sports now more than ever is look at the ownership. You know, if if the parents are bad, the kid's going to be shit. Okay? If the owner's right. bad, the rest of it's going to go too. 
Someone's got to report to that owner. That's why bad teams stay bad. There's a reason that the Bulls haven't been good since then, man. You know, like, they've had one little run. They, they got hit with injuries. I get it. But it's been 20 years, and they're still not relevant. Yeah, and uh, with the Bulls, I don't know. I guess they're they're changing up the front office now, so I guess we'll see. What we'll happens, see. But. Changing front office, uh, uh, changing one hundred. It, it doesn't matter, you know. Like to me, those things don't matter. You're, you're like, okay, who's the? Ca- oh, you guys repainted the boat. That's great. Who's the captain? Same guy. Well, he's just gonna drive it into the fucking rocks. And they go, we'll see. It's a blue boat now. Used to be a red boat. <laughs> and you're like, okay, none of that actually matters. So I I, I want to see Jerry become. I want to see Jerry Krause. Uh, I would say continually morph into the villain, but I want to see uh, the larger Jerry uh, really get shown as the architect behind everything. The guy who signed the, you know, yep, we're going to hire this guy, we're going to fire that guy, we're going to let Jordan walk. I want to see the behind the scenes of him them talking about it. So um, I think my only, my last thing to say is uh, what did, uh, what did they call Jordan's security detail? Do you remember what they called him? Sniffs? Or, uh, you remember it was a brief thing where the guy walks into uh, the room and Michael Jordan's sitting there and there's six people in suits around him. And uh, the Bulls employee calls him all something. And basically nah, says... I don't remember. Uh, he basically says that they're all jock sniffers. And, and they're, they call him Sniffs, I think. And, and they're like, oh, they follow around Jordan, you know, oh, that's, you know, that's sniff number one, sniff number two. I thought, yeah, I thought that was really funny. And then the, the guy, they actually get him today, and he's like, yeah, it's because they were just, you know, they're Michael Jordan's bodyguards. You know, they were just hanging around and sniffing around. So uh, I'm looking forward to it without any sports, uh, and it doesn't look like we'll get any news of sports opening back up. Uh, we're gonna, we needed this. No, it does look like the NBA is looking to get people back in practice facilities, maybe. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's the first step, so I hope it happens. You, I think a lot of these sports are going to end up playing with scabs uh, because some players are going to go, I'm not going to risk any of this, I'm staying home. Um, and the rest of them, we'll see, you know, we'll see who, where the competitive nature and what comes out of who. Uh, we could be looking at a really weird baseball and basketball season. So I'll take it. Even if it's fanless, give me fanless basketball over no basketball. People are like, well, sports without fans are nothing. I'm like, no, no, no. This is nothing, you crazy asshole. This is nothing. A sport without <laughs> right. fans is Literal still nothing. something. We are currently dealing with nothing. You, 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 like people taking that stance on first take or whatever. What is it without fans? Who fucking no, cares? Fuck the fans. Like, yeah. Let me get it on the TV. I watch it on TV anyway. Like, <laughs> just fuck off. I can't go to away games. Just give me it. Um, all right. Any party thoughts before we go? Nope, man. I'm ready to do the AFC and talk some shit. I think the Titans are in for a big season. All right. Uh, we're all hopeful at this point. Uh, you can check check Leo out. New title, Pick and Scroll Hoops. Oh, not hoops. Just Pick and Scroll on Twitter. Yeah, just at Pick and Scroll. You can find me at Pick and Play. Uh, thanks for tuning in. See you next time.